Welcome to the first episode of the Libertarian Book Club Movie Edition. Today we're going to talk Star Wars. This is the first episode of the series we're doing. Uh, we're going to talk prequels with my friend, Gold Guy. Gold Guy, how you doing? Not bad. Pretty excited. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, let's talk about prequels. I feel like everything in the prequels could have been avoided if the Republic simply respected the rights of succession. Oh, yes. Let's see. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just an entire... It's three movies of tragedy, of not listening, not respecting other people's rights, and everyone just being an arsehole. Pretty much, yeah. In fact, I mean, it, I think the real tragedy is just that Palpatine didn't even create all of it. He just saw a really shitty situation and said, you know what, I can take advantage of this. More or less, yeah. It's just, it's absolutely... I mean, I made this point on Twitter. The, every hero in this movie is just doing exactly as they're supposed to do according to Palpatine's plan. Everyone is so shitty and everyone is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Whether it's like, it, even with the invasion of Naboo, you know, when he's just like, my oh lord, is that legal? And like any participant, when they want to do something, I'll make it legal. You know, mm-hmm. we can't go to, we can't go to war in Libya. Don't worry. Obama's like, I'll make it legal. It, it's, just, it's typical partisan bullshit of this, like, well, we want it done. So you do it and we'll backtrack from there. Like, uh, okay, mistakes were made, but now we're going to commit in rhetoric to making things better. And you can trust us again. And please remember to vote and donate. What was it? Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi said, uh, Attack of the Clowns. Partisans care more about who's backing their campaign or something. Like he was very cynical, a partisan. And it was kind of based. Like he had some star lines on, on politics. Obi-Wan was. Uh... I think he was halfway there because he was very cynical correctly about politics, mm. but incredibly idealistic about the Jedi Code and the Jedi Council, which yeah. just ended up being another political pawn. Yeah. Again, doing exactly what Palpatine wants them to do. And all he does, all he no. does is count on them to be themselves. Mm-hmm. And the Jedi, it's like when they figure out the fact that they can't use the force to sense the future as well, you know, attacking the clones, and they're like, should we tell people about this? No, no, we're good. We're gonna no. just keep it secret. We we know we're Jedi. We're wise. We know what we're doing. It's like anyone who claims wisdom is an idiot. And no one's a, if you claim you're wise, you're not wise. It's it's that simple. <laughs> and the Jedi's failure. It's like Count Dooku and Anakin, Darth Vader. Both of these people were recruited out of the Jedi Order. You think that'd be an indicator? Hey, maybe we need to get our curriculum in order so we not <laughs> have people turn to the dark side so easily. Yeah. And, um... It's, it's the perfect example of uh, the Jedi just beat down Anakin, ignore him, distrust him, and manipulate him to the point that he is just rife for radicalization mm-hmm. into essentially just another form of space fascism. Pretty much. Honestly, the Emperor, Emperor's conversion to him. If Mace Windu actually tried to take him alive, like Anakin even said, take him alive, I need him. If he didn't yeah. try to kill him, because he's too dangerous to keep alive, which is the same thing Palpatine told Anakin about Count Dooku in the beginning of the film. Yeah. It's all been avoided. If Mace Windu just paused and listened, like, huh, what should I do? 
But again, if he kills a political leader, how's that going to go over the Senate? Not well. But he didn't even think it through because he's an idiot. I, th- I think he did think it through. He just came to the wrong conclusion. Even oh, worse. no. <laughs> oh, no. This guy is a Sith Lord who has manipulated his way into dominating the Republic. We should stage a coup. Let's, let's save democracy by fucking starting a dictatorship. To yes. save them from a dictatorship. So stupid. Um, what was it? Anakin's whole... Like, if, the, well, if I wasn't the Star Wars, one thing I would have changed is I would have had Palpatine to bring with the fact that, hey, there's still slavery because the Jedi don't actually go to fix it. You know, I mean, it's a big point. Like, slavery still exists in Star Wars. Yeah. They didn't mean, like, it's, I love how it's casually brought up, too. It's like, oh, yeah, slaves still exist. And one movie, they bring it up, and then they barely mention it again. And it's like, this is an issue. You know, no one seems to care. They have success over trade routes, but they still have slavery. This is a weird focus of the Republic, the not care. And, mm. and so that uh, brings me to Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon seems remarkably cool with the fact that he is bartering with someone to free a fucking slave. And he's always cheating too. He's always using the force to rig the dice so he gets Anakin. And it's like, I'm sorry, at this point, just use the force to take her. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm sorry, if, if, it's a, if, it's a, if it's a crime for a Jedi to free a slave, then it's more problems than Jedi Order than there should be. Yeah. It's so... And the fact that they never went back. They never went back to try to get the mom. You know, they can go back and get actual money. And then, yeah. nope, nope, just leave it be. Season slavery now. That's how it works out Tatooine. What the fuck? Yeah. I think there's... Actually, it reminds me of one of my biggest points about uh, the Jedi and Anakin. Uh, going through my fucking notes here. Um, the, the Jedi, and especially Yoda, they teach Anakin that attachments are necessarily a problem, that they will prevent him from doing his duty. And Anakin listens to that with his mother, and he delays going to... Uh, to you know go to uh, go to her for as long as possible and she dies because of it and this in the end is ultimately what leads him to try to do whatever he can to ensure that Padme does not meet the same fate and actually take the initiative and it is the Jedi's failure to help him with any of this Mm -hmm. that leads him to going fucking full pumped up kicks on the younglings I can't remember who it was. I want to say I can't. Uh, I can't remember what his name is. This guy who wrote a book about Star Wars and political philosophy. Uh, if I forget your name, dude, I'm sorry, but I'll definitely throw your book in the uh, description because it was really good. Um, he said that if Anakin was like people complain about the prequels, say, "Oh, Anakin is a dumb, whiny brat." It's like he had to be. If he was smart, witty, and philosophically sound, he wouldn't have been converted so easily. And that's a, like that shows the failure of the Jedi Templars quickly and teaching skills. That they take this most powerful dude who ever lived, probably, and he's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is this all could have been avoided if you once. And this is why I think the only good thing I found in the uh, sequel trilogy was Luke Skywalker's line that Jedi's that Jedi Order needed to end because of the humorous. Yeah. He's he's fucking right. He's yeah. dead on. The Jedi Order needed to end. Maybe Plo Koon could have lived because he was cool, but everyone else is just you're gone. You're done. It's I over. Plo Koon and Kid Fisto might be the only two good Zedis. Uh, Plo Koon was always my favorite when I was a kid because he had a cool mask. 
Yeah. When I played the Star Wars RPG, like a tabletop one, I always played a Plo Koon type character. I did the same thing with uh, Jedi Academy. <laughs> nice. Oh, I, I, I see those pop up on my Steam sale. I'm on Steam at one time. I'm like, I should probably get into this. This looks fun. Hmm. I need to finish playing uh, Fallen Order before I start anything new. So, I'm thinking of getting back into gaming, but it's been years since I've gone. No, it's gaming. There's so many games out there now that you like, this looks fun. And then it's like, oh, it's 80 hours. I can't even, I can't even commit to a two hour long movie, let alone mm-hmm. an 80 hour game. I, but anyway, I was talking I'm, in the Star Wars series, it's again the hubris. There's some Zen some was goes off the reservations and makes a uh, clone army. And it's never investigated until the clone the, the clone wars I think it's like four episodes. He the clone who feels that all gets killed by other clones, and they still leave it be. Like it's they're so like, well, we can handle it. Their like, no, like no matter what comes up, they believe they can handle it. Yeah, it's like, actually, how, how arrogant. The I think the greatest example of this is Attack of the Clones. Hold on a minute. Someone apparently a dead Jedi ordered a massive clone army to be constructed, and also apparently the payment for all this has been has been done and set up. They're the greatest killing machines created to date, probably. And very conveniently, we found we found out about them right when we need them. Let's just use them, I guess. Yeah, and keep it secret, and keep secret the whole like plot behind it all. Yes, we planned this all along because we are the big brain Chad Jedi. <laughs> we have that. We have. We have to maintain a semblance of order and power for our people to respect us. And you see in the Clone Wars TV show, no one really respects them anymore. They've turned from keepers of the peace to soldiers. Like Mace Windu saying, "Attack of the clones," or keepers of the peace, not soldiers. I'm sorry, by the end of the Clone Wars, you're wearing clone armor over your Jedi yeah. uniform. So I kind of shows you the evolution of how they went from peacekeepers to full on Zin, I mean, Zin World Kenobi, Zin World Windu. They took military yeah. roles. Yeah, Windu says we are we're peace we're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. Goes on to be a soldier. Mm-hmm. The hypocrisy is fucking incredible. What what's and that this- mean? It's like they're an attack on the clones, and the clones want it makes Windu, and they're like, "So we're random clones from um some random uh, conspiracy where you completely ignoring. What do we have to do? Cool, blow that shit up, and it just immediately it ignores all the red flags. It goes, wait a minute." You mean these people are entering to never disobey orders? That can't be used against us when they actually work for the Senate and not us. Like, they, yeah, that's that's not going to be a problem at all. Like the fact cool. that they never waste, the fact that they literally want drones to follow orders no matter what—that's a red flag. Like you said, want yeah. drones unless you're an evil person. <laughs> it's like imagine if Biden bought a bunch of killer drones from China. To use them again, uh, to use them in the Middle East, for example, mm-hmm. that's not going to bite us in the ass at all. Yeah, no, no. It's, yeah, it's I mean, so... Yoda is the one who pisses me off most. Yoda is completely fine with this. Yeah, that's just uh, that's, that's why I think the Sith have a point. I mean, I I read Star I read Star Wars or watch Star Wars. I always seem to place the Sith in like an Iron Rand camp, you know. Oh, actually, I I do have. A whole point about this. Oh, please go ahead. Uh, Jedi versus uh, the Jedi versus the Sith. 
see, I actually sympathize with the Sith more than the Jedi. There's obviously the, the little problem of murder and, and domination and empire building, but they, you know, they, they feed off of their passion. They are, they do have a good measure of egoism, of, you know, Randian style egoism, but that's unfortunately corrupted by their nihilism and egotism. Mm -hmm. They, the, you know, they believe I'm powerful. I should use this power to my benefit. Good. And I'll enslave the entire galaxy. Hold on now. <laughs> Dial it back a bit. Lean down. It's, I, I really think, like, if I had to choose between an arrogant guy who thinks he's doing good, but, it, like, what was that uh, C.S. Lewis quote? A tyranny uh, for your own benefit is worse than the tyranny of uh, your... Um, I, think I can't remember the exact like, quote, but... Yeah. The yeah. idea that you, you rather have the a guy who hates Someone you. who thinks that they're, doing, uh, that they're doing it for your good is worse yeah. than that of Robert Byron. Yes. That is a, that's what Jedi insists. The Sis know yeah. we're doing bad. They're like, might makes right. I can own whatever I want because I can take it. I'd rather have that because I can at least satiate his greed every once in a while. Unless you're nihilist and just eating planets. Um, but the Jedi, I, the idea they were in swords is even scarier because they, I was people who like, I am above it all. Like the people who are d deny attachments and act like they're above everything. They're very, yeah. they're very emotionally fragile. Yeah. You know? and I, Right. They, they preach, uh, you know, being, uh, controlling their emotions, being kind of Zen all the time, but they don't do that. You know, especially Windu, especially, I think he has a very fragile ego. Mm -hmm. Anytime Anakin stands up for himself, Windu goes into defense mode. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, we watched him after, like, you know, going through like anarchist, political, anyway, and kind of saying, and watching it, there's a lot there where it's like, there's a lot more than just um, uh, space fantasy. You know, people who write off Star Wars are idiots. <laughs> There's, some, there's a lot yeah. here. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually yeah. talking to the uh, clean libertarian later today about uh, the EU books and the Star Wars uh, Jedi versus this kind of conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, mm, oh, yeah, that'll be interesting to watch, actually. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the guest coming on for this podcast. I got Scott Holton coming on to talk about the prequels. <laughs> it's going to be I a lot of fun. I do not actually know who that is. You don't know who Scott Horn is? Oh, he's he's head of the uh, anti-war radio. He's the head of the Libertarian Institute. Uh, really good guy. This very he's he is the anti-war person. I think just incredible. Yeah, so I've... sorry, Star there's Wars. lots of people yeah, I don't lot. know in the it's liberty movement. It's all good. Uh... I'm talking over my notes as well for this, for this episode. I originally thought I was just going to wing this like I do with everything, <laughs> but then I just started writing and didn't stop. I feel you. I feel you. It, it's every every five minutes, I felt like I got to, I had something to talk about. <clears throat> I want to point this like they really do have a lot of lot of faith in democracy. They have a lot of faith yeah. in democracy. It's really like as a kid, you never noticed it. You know how like oh, well, just democracy yeah. must be the greatest thing ever. So no wonder they all love it so much. But democracy, mm -hmm. democracy directly led to uh, imperialism. Like, I don't think you can escape. Democracy always leads to empires. 
I, I, I don't see any other way. If you weponize the people, you, 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 words that Han Solo and Hopper quote about kings versus uh, political leaders. King might be born a bad guy, but in politics, everyone is bad. Yeah, that's actually Hopper makes uh, pretty good points about that democracy versus monarchy, for example. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reading Democracy to God the Fair now. It's incredible. Like he makes some points where I'm just like, mm, yeah, I'd maybe I'd rather have a king and a president. <laughs> I <laughs> think he's I think he's right. Yeah, actually, I bought the God that failed a while ago and read like the first page and been meaning to get further into it, but it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. I will say the time preference stuff. I uh, <clears throat> I'm going to school to be an economist, and so I'm trying to read a lot more economic works. Hmm. I feel like I said read Human Action before I read The Monks of God the Fair, but mm-hmm. excuse me. Mm. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's like even when they have Queen Amidala, you know, she's a queen, but she's still elected. Like she's an elected yeah. queen. And so it's like, why? That's, even that's in, worse. It's even Yeah, it's like, what is this? This doesn't make any sense. Um, the actually, the whole dynamic between democracy and monarchy throughout all three prequels. It's, it's constantly relevant. And uh, we start with, for example, Naboo, which is an elective monarchy, which is the, the worst of both worlds. They're, they're electing a dictator. That's a problem. Yeah. So not only, uh, not only can they get one person ruling the planet who is evil, worse, they, they need to appeal to the worst sentiments in people to get them to vote for mm-hmm. them. For, for two terms. Uh, what so, was it? And even they say when Attack of the Clones, like Padme was part of like some young uh, elected official like school thing. So it's like they, they don't expand upon it, but it looks like they have a school where they literally train elected officials. So it's like it's very much like Players Republic, you know, they just they are training mm-hmm. people for this leadership roles. And it's like, you're lucky this turned out okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're lucky you're getting people like Padme and not like Count Dooku on in the office or something. Oh like boy. I know Count Dooku is right. I think Count Dooku, every time I read him about the Jedi, he's right. When I hear him talk about succession and the uh, liber- succession, he's right. Like, and I, I he's uh, more often than not, Count Dooku was, I think he got, he was a political idealist who had a lot of good ideas. And like Anakin, he got hijacked by uh, a stronger yeah. authority figure, you know? Yeah, I think actually Dooku, I think Dooku could have been a good dude. He probably was initially. But mm-hmm. but Palpatine just took advantage of that with the situation that he himself engineered. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? And Dooku takes an interesting uh, ideological role in Attack of the Clones, uh, not just as a uh, military leader, but as the political organizer of mm-hmm. the secessionist movement. Which, is, on the face of it, the secession, uh, the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Um, they have a legitimate claim. They want to leave the Republic. But then Palpatine, who himself uh, actually secretly fomented the secessionist movement, mm-hmm. is also stirring up basically uh, nationalism and unionism in the Republic mm-hmm. to push them towards making a, a grand army of the Republic. I'm still going to um, say it. And- Palpatine, Boris Evers, still a better leader than Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> still, still better than Lincoln, you know. I mean, Palpatine had his problems, but Lincoln had preachers who wasn't for not saying prayers in his name, you know. So it's like that's both pretty bad. But Palpatine has a cool red lightsaber. Lincoln 
maybe he killed a vampire. You know, like maybe. So it's it's like what's what's the what's the saving grace here? Clearly Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> Plus the autistic screeching meme will live on forever. Oh, he has so much oh, like God. the memes of him, like do it. Just love it. <laughs> the Senate Palpatine. Oh. Uh, what well, what was I saying? I think it was a I think it was Bob Murphy. He was like, um, someone was like, who's the bad who's the uh, bad guys in Star Wars? He goes, Well, it's not Palpatine, because he he is the Senate. You know, that's one reason to support him. He is the Senate. Mm. So I defended it. Actually, like, uh, the uh there's uh quite a few deleted scenes in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, mm. which I think were actually critical to the political side of the story. Mm. But unfortunately they ended up being cut because the primary uh cinema audience of Star Wars is, oh, you know, young boys who want to see a lot of lightsaber fights. Yeah. So unfortunately, a lot of that was lost in the final product because uh, they specifically mention many times in the deleted scenes in uh, Revenge of the Sith how Palpatine has been incrementally amending the Republic's constitution mm. to stay in office, to solidify his own power, and he he goes from uh, very from saying I reluctantly accept these powers, et cetera, et cetera, to bring a swift end to the situation, mm-hmm. to uh, essentially very slowly gaslighting people into accepting dictatorship as a consequence mm-hmm. of democracy, to mm-hmm. protect it much like much like Caesar did actually in the last days of the Roman Republic. Mm. Republic, yeah. Uh, Except he's too much of a chad to end up getting stabbed by a bunch of old senators. He got he, um, he took on four Jedi like it was nothing. Yeah, like, yeah uh, but sadly, the that's actually an interesting one, especially because I think that I fully believe that Palpatine could have entirely avoided that. Mm-hmm. He did not need to fight them; he just wanted to, because yeah. he uh, he'd been manipulating and scheming behind the scenes for so long. He just wanted to cut loose and murder mm-hmm. some bitches. Mm-hmm. And he did. It was a that's a good fight scene. That's a episode three. It's I love that one, man. Episode three. It's a solid Star Wars film. Like it's up there with episode five, six, Rogue One. You know, it's it's up there, top tier. I wouldn't say quite top tier, but uh, it's it's definitely the best prequels. That is, yeah. My enjoyment of the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones is slightly hampered by by the fucking awful dialogue. The overdone effect. Yeah, it and the writing. Uh, I was watching it. And I'm just like, this is for the podcast. This is for the podcast. I have to, I have to get through this. It, but on, but it makes it worse. You know, like, all the problems of Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. We got the Clone Wars TV show in Episode Three. I think that's a fair trade. You know, so far so too bad, too good. I'll take it because like those two Clone Wars ones and three of the Sith, just phenomenal movies. How would you rank Star Wars films? Any idea? Where you were waking up at, or um, see, I'm uh, I'm probably gonna have to lock my doors and my windows and prepare for a doxing campaign because uh, my favorite is actually Last Jedi. Oh, I'm I'm this interview's over. I'm out. <laughs> uh, this has been a, this has been a great podcast, everyone. Everyone have a good day. I'm, I gotta go. Really, Last Jedi? I I just love how it subverted expectations so much. It, it, it turned everything on its head. Like, uh, there were so many red herrings that seemed like classic Star Wars story. Like the, the Master Codebreaker, 
their whole original plan and then no fuck you that's out the window because you assholes parked illegally and now you got tailored <sighs> maybe it's i mean i saw it once in see those and i was like that nah, i'm done but I gotta, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be watching for the podcast this week and so i've maybe i'll come to a different conclusion about it because it's the only star wars film i saw once hmm. so maybe I'll, maybe i'll come to the conclusion but i remember when i first saw it i was just like it made, it made me hate way you know like, it's, it's hard to like ray it's really hard it's it's, and it's gonna be easy it's daisy whitley she's fantastic yeah like oh and we're getting off track we're going to the next movie yeah. the prequels. <laughs> though i will add that uh, the rise of skywalker is just fucking shit here rise of skywalker needs to be forgotten I, struck I, from the canon no. I actually like that one more than I like the God other two. damn it. <laughs> Fuck. <sighs> I thought I had, had, had more redeeming qualities, I think, than episode seven did. It, it ruined everything. I think <laughs> even, even for people, because episode seven actually tried to do something different. We're starting to talk about the sequels now. Oh, it, it's, it tried to do something different, and then the, the Rise of Skywalker was just a massive, massive cope for that and, and reversing I, it i i will say i actually agree with you on that point um i think it's the sequels had one consistent director and not this back and forth nonsense but they hired three guys they fired the third brother they able to fix it he had to come in like well i set up a story this guy shit on it and now i have to try <laughs> to instead of amending it to be where he is i gotta shit on his story now it's just like yeah. this is this is not the I I said it should have been two part. Like it should have been episode um like like always a series episode eight part one part two, episode nine part one part two, you know like Harry Potter did wrap it up as a, as a two parter because there's there's a, there's a lot you gotta do and you gotta like either fix or continue where episode eight left off and they tried mm-hmm. to do both and it was just like no yeah. no like this is an incoherent trilogy you could watch them as individual yeah. films but you watch them as a trilogy it's shit here it's just garbage. You get like maybe yeah. five good scenes. And it's just like, and what sucks so much about it is you watch it, you're like, that could be good. That could be good. And then it's disappointed again. It's just, oh, Cassian Kennedy sucks. All right. Uh, right. Now I'm going to desperately try to link this back to the prequels to get back on track. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I think uh, my number one, my single favorite part of the last jedi was right at the end when they send out a distress signal as far as i can and nobody comes because they're not trying to make this the usual disney everything everything ends well hopeful Mm -hmm. narrative which they ruin in the rise of skywalker which then brings back to the tragedy of the prequels because we all the prequels stand aside from the other star wars films because we know it's going to end badly we know it's going to be tragic we just don't know exactly how. And unfortunately, it's not a big blowout war between Jedi and Sith, mm-hmm. um, with clearly defined good and evil that brings down the Republic. Not that the Republic is any fucking good, but anyway, that murders trillions of innocents. Mm-hmm. No, it's politics. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a little tantrum between people who disagree, mm-hmm. which then evolves into a massive proxy war. Yeah, and Palpatine's just fucking sitting back in his weird-looking chair, laughing his <laughs> ass off. 
Yeah, it's and you think about how many clones, how many um people, how many like clone wars is a great job showing how terrible these wars are. I mean, this Galactic Civil War led way the Galactic Civil War led way to an empire, an evil emperor, more slavery, <laughs> um totalitarian regimes, and then a really violent rebellion full of criminals. Yeah. Is it all could have been avoided if they simply respected the right to success it? That's it. Yeah. We've got to say, hey, you know what? We didn't, we weren't good enough to keep you in the union. We'll try to get you back in a few hundred years. You go do your thing, we'll do our thing. But nope, we gotta have the mystical union. Otherwise, we're gonna have it's, it's gonna be bad again because you know, trade routes and trade deals. It's yeah, so um... typical partisan bullshit. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's you, you're yelling at like you're yelling at Fox News because it's the same thing. <laughs> I guess one of yeah. Joe Lucas was fantastic. He, if you get if you get what politics is, this will make you scream at the wall because I think, I think he gets it. I think Lucas actually is really smart, and I think he gets politics. And I think if he has given more of a control over his own projects, he'd have more. This would be a very anti-political, uh, not anti-either side, it's anti-politics and Zen world story. Yeah. No, Vaughn like he would half as good at dialogue. He, but, he needs yeah. he needs a good he needs someone good with him. Yeah. He needs someone to help him write those scripts because I swear I swear there's so much in the prequels that if they were if they were to be if, if they were to remake Star Wars, the prequels would be better than everything else if they were done correctly. Like I really mm. think that I think I think there's enough in the prequels that are set up that if they really nailed everything they tried to do with the prequels, they top all of the Star Wars films. They just they don't nail it, and so it's just really terrible sometimes. Yeah, it's it's just tragic when something uh, it it's could we were on the edge of greatness. We were this close, <laughs> and, and then it just turns into that. I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was like, Dave Filoni seems to get all the money, and we make episodes one in between episode one and two, and episode two all like the Clone Wars, five seasons each. <laughs> You know, give me this 15 seasons of the Clone Wars continued from prequels to this week, the prequels in the Clone Wars, you know, animation, the voice actors, bring them all back. And can I watch that? I think everyone would watch that. <laughs> you know, like mm. it's, I mean, this prequels do really do so. The problem with movies is you can't squeeze in all the, all the little details that make it fantastic. That's why TV shows are winning. That's why TV shows are the future or three hour long movies. You know, you got to do one year now or like Marvel movies. Or like Marvel films, just make it a design series and say, well, you get to see last week's episode? You got to <laughs> keep going. You know, it's... Yeah. Um, sorry, I just pictured I just pictured Anakin saying to Windu, I think Jar Jar Binks the Sith Lord. <laughs> I think makes Windu probably just leave. He'd be like, I'm, I'm done. This is it. I'm just I'm I'm leaving. If I if I didn't see this, sh- I don't know. If he had any humility, he'd probably leave. But given how arrogant he is, he'd probably just be like, "Well, I I I suspected as much." <laughs> didn't win do. Uh, oh right, just remembered one of my what was supposed to be a big starting point because I was <laughs> I was intending to go in uh, chronological order. Oh, but then I just nah. got messy. <laughs> It's got messy. Yeah. yeah, but it always does with Star Wars. 
Yeah, you, you talk one is you like what well, that plays in this Mandalorian episode because like a bunch of nerds you can spot all the connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going back to the beginning of all the turmoil, which didn't even need technically need Palpatine to start the ball rolling, he just took advantage of the situation. Is the the intricate politics the the absolute mess that the Senate is? Mm-hmm. So the um, so Gunray and the Trade Federation claim that their blockade of Naboo is legal. And for all we know, they're right. Mm-hmm. How is that legal? They are blocking <laughs> all trade in and out of Naboo. They are starving the populace because they don't like what's being done with, with the trade routes. Yeah. That is, and the Trade Federation has representation on the Senate. That's and, a problem. Yeah, yeah, that really is, is the thing of what, I mean, I think if Walmart straight up, Walmart definitely has control of everything, but if Walmart straight up had like a representative in all Congress meetings and was just like, oh, well, Walmart representative, Walmart representative will pull our funding from this. That's what it's like. It's, and if, like people think, like, this is a white pill I'm saying on politics. If you're, if you are source of any connection to real world politics and the guy's like, oh, my Lord, is this legal? I'll make it legal. If that's even a mechanism for you to make some evil shit like a blockade on a full population legal, and then no one bats an eye, these people have no morality. They have no moral system. They have a legality. That's all they have. It's just like, Actually, what is wrong with you? What they were talking about making legal was the ground invasion of Naboo. The blockade was already, uh, was already oh, good. You're right. Ah, oh, it's even worse. That's even yeah. fucking worse. Oh, God. <laughs> It's like the East India Company, Jesus. Mm-hmm. It, it's so it's just, it's so terrible. And you wonder why people succeed. And you wonder why the people like Naboo aren't succeeding. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, we clearly don't get any help. Like, it's why, like, the, uh, in the Clone Wars, you see Mandalore. It's own thing, advocating for peace. Um, this. Uh, now, nah, it's the fact that the blockade, you're right, that the blockade's already legal. That is, how does that make any sense? <laughs> And and the Jedi respond to the Jedi, the, the the peacekeepers of the Republic respond to this by sending a delegation to negotiate with the Trade Federation over their blockade of the fucking planet. It's like on you... behalf of the Senate. But oh, the Jedi are, are just as political as everyone else. They just don't admit it. This is yeah, the fact that the Jedi are sent as negotiators for the Senate, and then they act like they're keepers of the peace, and they're not really playing politics. It's like, I'm sorry. You don't put up your big council inside the same planetary sphere as the political organization. Like, oh, we're not playing politics. It's like, I'm sorry. No, that, just, that doesn't work. I don't buy it. You know? Yeah. You, you... What about the, uh, a great example of the arrogance of the Jedi as an attack of the clones, but uh, Kenobi's trying to find the Camino system? Yeah, if it's not, like, if it's not in our archives, it doesn't exist. It's like what? what? That's your Seriously? standard. That's your that's your epistemology. Or well, it's not in the archives. Doesn't need to happen. It's just like this is the hubris of the Jedi is insanely. It's off the charts. It's crazy. Yeah, Yoda is the only one who actually thinks that maybe someone <laughs> deleted it. And some kid and then doesn't do anything with this information. Yeah, some kids like Master was it deleted from the Jedi archives? Yoda. Probably right. Okay, I'm gonna go back to meditating and doing nothing again. It's like, mm-hmm. what, what? You Yoda, and that, investigate, do something. That's actually Yoda's advice to everyone else. 
but uh, Anakin, I'm 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 afraid of losing people I love. Yoda, nah. It's like don't, it's, don't it's, be. The solution? Ah, meditate on it. Oh, you mean these negative feelings of fear and anger that you say leads to the dark side? You want me to go to sit on those feelings for a bit? Yeah. It's like, you want me to just dwell and just meditate in this negativity, I mean, and just clearly these most things to the dark side to so just sit in it. What kind of advice is this? If you told your therapist, hey, I'm, I'm kind of depressed. I'm saying I'm, saying I'm losing my mind here. Uh, well, go sit down and just think about how depressed you are. Like, that's not good advice. Yeah. I mean, oh. this is this is why I'm so sympathetic to Anakin, mm-hmm. because it's undeniable when he goes fucking full school shooter and kills the younglings, he's he's just being an evil bastard. But mm-hmm. it's so clear how he got there because mm-hmm. everyone around him failed him. Um, the the Jedi Council entirely as a whole failed him through their distrust, their manipulation. So they treat him like shit, and then they ask him to spy on his only friend outside of the Order. That, because Palpatine masterfully um, befriends Anakin and makes him rely on him for emotional support. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan here failed entirely to, to see this. Uh, he just he realizes that Palpatine is in fact trying to influence Anakin. He fails to see why, and he, and he then fails to uh to help Anakin through this to properly make him consider Palpatine's motivations mm-hmm. and to deal with the issues that are making Anakin so goddamn angsty in the first place. Yeah it and, if... go ahead. Um and I think Obi-Wan's struggle and failure become really evident in Revenge of the Sith, especially mm-hmm. when he finally accepts that Anakin has gone to the dark side, is irredeemable, and uh, he is ultimately probably the most responsible part, the person most responsible for this. And then he says, then he asks Yoda to go after Anakin and let him take on the Emperor, which is certain death for Obi Wan, just because he does not want to face the consequences of his own actions. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I understand is because he loves Anakin, but it, I think it just shows the depth of obi-wan's incompetence mm-hmm. agreed agreed um no and they clearly said this in the clone wars obi-wan kind of knew they, they, they kind of knew how to get a pattern with gideon on yeah it's like i'm sorry you're aware of what you believe is the only someone's on the dark side and instead of like confronting and actually helping your your best friend, your brother, you're my brother, Anakin, your brother, you just, oh no, I'm gonna ignore that because I got more important things. Like I gotta go with some clone armor, I gotta go float with Satine, I gotta, you know, do a bunch of other nonsense, like hunt down a bounty hunter instead of you know dealing with the, the most powerful guy. Like if you begin as soon as the chosen one, the guy who's gonna bring order to the force, the most powerful Jedi to ever live, highest midichlorian encounter, what that means. Mm-hmm. And he's doing something that you believe to take him to the dark side. And you ignore it because you you have better things to do. What kind of like how either how stupid or how arrogant do you have to be to ignore ignore that situation with those beliefs? Uh, there was a deleted scene actually in uh, Revenge of the Sith where uh, uh, where Obi Wan clearly says that he knew that Anakin and Padme were getting it on. Uh, he let it happen because he because he saw that Anakin was happy. Now, I uh, you know I understand that. That that makes sense, but he does nothing, nothing to address the potential consequences and how this can be manipulated. 
-hmm. because people either don't want uh, people either want Anakin to be an emotionless robot which he isn't or they do not deal with the potential consequences of Anakin's emotions while just letting them go on both of those just kind of both of those failures just kind of synergize into Anakin I keep making school shooter jokes I need some new material <laughs> into Anakin just killing the younglings mm -hmm. I mean it's a good example of uh, school I guess school swordsman but it it really is like the, like again like Luke Skywalker is absolutely right when it comes to the, why did I, did I need to end this mm -hmm. desert council is not worth keeping around it became entranced in politics like you read the old republic stuff and you're like okay they just when things got bad they just left and went to Tython you know like maybe the Jedi Order and this one if they weren't so arrogant and uh so blind to their own mistakes, they were like, "No, well, guys, we clearly lost our connection to the Force. We can't sense the future. We think the Sith Lord going around. Let's just pull back, step back, readjust, and then go to meditation retreat. Come back and maybe fix this thing." Instead, mm -hmm. they're like, "Nope, we're just gonna ignore everything and go be soldiers because it's fun to bring a purple sword around." It's yeah, actually, that's uh, uh, I, I think that's uh, another relevant point as to how everyone. And uh, actually, Padme is the most guilty of this. Everyone in the prequels tries to preserve and save existing structures because they do not believe in any alternative. Mm -hmm. And this just leads to the formation of the Empire. Yeah. Uh, because the Empire, yeah. uh, the Empire didn't destroy the Republic. It's, it's a natural evolution of the Republic when the Republic mm -hmm. became too unstable because of its own, <clears throat> because of its own principles. Mm -hmm. The Republic essentially ended itself first by causing secession, then by not accepting that secession, fighting that secession, having a huge civil war, and, and, and Palpatine just pulling all the strings in the background uh, with his false flag attacks, his uh, playing both sides, hmm. and then just reaping the benefits. It's actually, isn't he technically elected in episode three? He gets, he wins, like he, he, he won his beginning with the when he becomes the emperor and they, he forms the Galactic Empire, everyone's applauding. The yeah, death of the Republic actually... is applause. It's, <laughs> they, they, it's the empire is brought directly out of the Republic. You know, it's not like it's taken over or it's yeah. a coup. It is the natural evolution of a d democratic Republic. The, the attempt on my life has left me scarred, etc. By the way, in the name of continued security, stability, and I think you actually mentioned liberty, um, the Republic will be reorganized into the first galactic empire. And all, uh, and all the, the senators are just brilliant. Clap and see was... That's one thing I would love to see in the Bad Bats or some other Clone Wars type show. I want to see how the, the, the war ended, you know, the Clone Wars ended. But the successive movement never, like, they never say clearly that they were brought back into the fold. So, like, mm -hmm. what was their, I want to know, if like, the army was defeated, you know, but what actually happened to all the, uh, I mean, I know the trade federation people all murdered by Anakin at the end of episode three, but there's no way the whole, plan, every planetary system after that is pulled back in like nothing happened. Mm -hmm. You know, there's got to be some kind of story there I want, I want to explore more of. Mm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. So, <sighs> Yeah, because it was it seemed awfully convenient that uh, he had all the separatist leaders move to Mustafar and then Anakin killed them. Mm. Which actually, uh, see, I'm actually uh, wondering how they didn't realize something was up 
actually Palpatine probably specifically selected the uh, separatist leaders for their stupidity. Mm. Because that makes uh, sense, he yeah. moves them to the Yeah, he says, the war's over. My new apprentice, Dark Vader, is going to come over and take care of you. And they're like, awesome. Wait, why is he sending his apprentice to us? He's, he's space-timing us right now. So there's nothing of... that... You hear take care. Why it's like sending this guy. You hear take care too. It's like take care of you. It's like I'm sorry. He's not gonna be our maid. He's not gonna come give massages. What kind of taking care of? Is this like what's the next step? Well, clearly the next step is not to be taken care of. Like just the whole phrasing of that was like so obvious. Like, huh? Maybe something's up. No, we're gonna sit around and wait. I don't know. Maybe they're under the influence of the dark side or something. Maybe maybe Jar Jar's hidden around the corner, waving his hands. <laughs> it's like, ooh, doing a little Jar Jar magic, drunken oh, master yeah. over like, there. Like when yeah. he, yes, yes, Jar Jar's fighting in Episode One is literal drunken boxing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if he was a Sith Lord, they had confirmed that. I would not be. I'm like, okay, you know what? I buy it. I'd accept it. You know, it is what it is. That. Tack it on with the rest of the problems. I, I genuinely think that Jar Jar was supposed to be a Sith Lord, but then Lucas chickened out because of the negative reaction and hastily wrote in Dooku, who was actually still a decent villain. Yeah. But I, I do great. think that Jar Jar was initially supposed to be uh, the Separatist leader. Mm. That is uh, That wasn't what they planned to do, I heard about. They planned to have Padme leave the Republic and join the Secession Movement. I guess somebody planned mm-hmm. to do an attack of the clones, and they just again chickened out. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I, I think the prequels, it's George Lucas. On one hand, he is the problem with everything, but I also mm-hmm. him not committing on <laughs> him not committing to his own idea is also a problem. Go ahead, what was that? It, it, it's the same thing that uh, did, did you watch Batman v Superman? I, I love it, actually. I love the director's I, cut. I, I, I liked I liked Batman v Superman, especially the um, the Ultimate Edition. Yeah, but it's the same problem movie. as the prequels. Uh, it's the same problem as the Star Wars prequels. First, we got the worst of Zack Snyder, uh, his sometimes lacking plot elements, focusing mm-hmm. too much on just cool twirly whirly action, and we got the worst of the studio hamstringing Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being the worst possible product. Still cool though. Yeah, well, he he was absolutely he was he was shown to be correct with the Snyder cut coming out, you know, like oh, when yeah, he when no. he gets his when he gets his control, it's good. It's four hours long, but it's a good four hours. Yeah, like it's it's. Mm. Now, do you know? Did you know the uh, Warner Brothers tried to fuck over Wonder Woman by removing the No Man's Land scene? Like the, the guy in Swords one and two, we moved the scene once like runs across No Man's Land. Mm-hmm. The best part of the movie, he's like, nope, take that out. After you make that kind of suggestion, you shouldn't be allowed near movies ever again. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even you shouldn't be allowed to watch movies ever again. <laughs> I want you booed out of every seedle for that kind of suggestion. Like, like how do you? And we're getting off track to DC stuff. What's, yeah. If you ever want to come on and talk Batman with Superman or Snyder Cut and the politics, hit me up because I would love to do that. Oh, absolutely. I, I have a lot to say about the about Batman with Superman and Justice League. I mean, it's a let's see, it's like twenty four. Seven hours of awesomeness right there that is just ripe for conversation. Um, there's so much. I, if, we get, if we get going, we're not going to stop. So just, <laughs> um, yes. Back to Star Wars. 
the uh, trade, Fed- uh, trade uh, federation uh, and protectionism of the uh, like it really is just straight up protectionism. It's oh, yeah. blockades. It's it's there's a lot of parallels you can make to the Whig Party and the uh, Civil War in America. You can make a lot of parallels there with succession, protectionism, trade policies of basically being a dictator to a, being a, a political dictator, but not but but using the political uh, uh, rules in place to dictate it anymore. Like Lincoln was called Lincoln was called a constitutional dictator, you know. Mm. And that is pretty much what um, Palpatine did. I mean, he became a dictator through the processes of the Republic. Yeah, that, that's the, I think that's the most relevant part about the political aspect of it. Palpatine never actually uh, subverted, well, uh, and he never actually staged a coup or anything. He used the mechanisms of the Republic to become its dictator, to create mm-hmm. the empire. That's, like I said, he, he manipulated the whole situation and then just let politics do its thing. Mm. Uh, he uh, created. He first of all started the entire civil war. Mm-hmm. He got himself given emergency powers to deal with the separatist threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he radicalized Anakin. He radicalized the entire republic, and then declared himself emperor. And people loved it. This is um, this absolutely shows Hans Simon Hopper's point. Yeah, like when politics uh, attracts, like, and politics, everyone is bad because you're attracting the worst of the worst. These are attracting mm-hmm. those who want power or power corrupts. You know, like, there's a debate, like, what's, what's, uh, what's worse, attracting corrupted men or corrupting men in office? I say attracting them is pretty bad. And that's exactly what happened. The public came around and Palpatine was like, oh, I'm charismatic. I'm evil. Let me just go hijack this political system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, like it directly, it's not like he was corrupted when office. He was directly attracted to it as an evil man. If there was no political mm-hmm. structure in place, and we actually had, let's say, any kind of anarchy or freedom, you wouldn't have any way of his evil man hijacking this political system. You know? Yeah, it's uh, and the, he was only capable of forming the empire because the republic was already there. Mm-hmm. He just uh, rearranged it into his own image. Absolutely, it, it's. And I have other people who watch this and they're still they come out of it and still defend democracy. Like if there's any lesson mm. to learn from Star Wars, it's maybe this democracy is not so good. Mm. And they still come out defending democracy. Like they come out and be like, no, you're absolutely right. Democracy is the most important thing. And it's like, no, democracy is what led to everything. If you didn't have this democratic mm. system in place, you wouldn't have the rebellion. I mean the, I mean the empire. You wouldn't have all these terrible things happen. If they actually just negotiated and had freedom and Peaceful coalitions and oh, I hate when I hate when statists watch Star Wars come out with even being more statist. It's like you, this, is, yeah. this is the opposite. Like I watch this, I see all the. I would say I complain about happening in our current system. We could see explained in politics of Star Wars, and it gets mm-hmm. written off and ignored. And it's like no, this is the lesson. This is the lesson. Mm-hmm. You try to learn this lesson before it actually happens here. But nope, we're just gonna go full on speed ahead, and you know, oh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> it's uh, so many great works of fiction are just slightly clearer mirrors of our own world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can definitely never imagine uh, the the United States or the United Kingdom being deeply divided along civil lines and demagogues trying to manipulate situations for their own game. Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is... Oh. 
the fact that we we had people like I mean Lincoln literally was a constitutional dictator. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the problem with constitution. It can yeah. still be abused. There's exactly. there's no such thing as limited government. <laughs> exactly. It will always end in dictatorship. Always. It honestly, I uh, I get, I get a lot of slack for this, but I, um, there's a I want to create a, a Zon Wilkes Booth uh, organization with the slogan "Not soon enough." <laughs> but sadly, that was only taken by the Aaron Burr Society in New York about Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just both of these ideas are like I want to do I want to do the second group, but I also want to make the first one because that sounds like we need Zon Wilkes Booth to take up Palpatine. You know, I guess what we need we need that guy to throw in the prequels just to fix some things. Um. Oh, but, but actually, here's the here's where it gets further complicated. The the John Wilkes Booth of uh, the Star Wars universe is Mace Windu. He tried to kill Palpatine and install a Jedi dictatorship, a benevolent one, but fucking benevolent, uh, because, oh no, an authoritarian demagogue has taken control of the Republic. What should we do? I know, overthrow him and replace him. Oh, it's... You have learned nothing over the last, over the course of the war. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Real democracy has never been tried, I guess. Um, now, I was rewatching the Clone Wars recently, and is it the fact that there are people like um, Satine who was like trying to support peace, you know, and they were everyone was against her. And it's like, I'm sorry, what? Like, even if you don't agree with her, you should want peace. Like, yeah. I, I, I absolutely don't get these types who are. I mean, yesterday on Twitter, everyone was going off about the whole nuclear of Japan kind of saying. Oh, yeah. It was just, it was so, I was reading it, these tweets, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, you should want peace. Like, when they say, well, it was a good to accept a surrender. I'm like, what? No, even if it, even if it only pauses the war for, say, six months and they come back again, that's six months of no one dying. Mm-hmm. That's, that's to be, well, to, I mean, even if it's only six months, like, war is going to be, war is always going to happen. The goal of war is to have as much peace in between the wars. And so if you get six months in between the war, that's to be a victory. Mm-hmm. And this but, idea with nuke civilians. Just, yeah, it's, uh, it's exactly that process, that thought process that they try to twist. You know, they say bombing Japan was a good thing because it ensured peace. Uh, right. The, the peace of millions of children dying. That was cool. Very peaceful of you. It... it what was it? Uh, that quote from Hayek. I think, was, I think it was Hayek. Maybe it wasn't. But if you had full, uh, it's easier to have full employment with a draft. You know, if everyone was drafted, you have full employment, nothing to eat. I think it's safe to be a If you kill everybody, you have peace. <laughs> you know, if there's only one guy yeah. left standing, that's peace. That's it's. No, trust me. If I were the last guy left standing, I'd still find a way to start a war. It's like those ants are gonna die. They're gonna get it. <laughs> Gotta get... <laughs> Gotta start. Gotta find something to direct the angle at. Uh, okay, well, we are getting to the end of this. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, I feel like there's still so much more to. No, to we'll have to do a part discuss. two. We'll have to do a part two. I'd love to have you on again. It is yeah, but I. It is four o'clock in the morning where I'm at. <laughs> um, mm. what is it? What time is it for you? What is it? You got like uh, six o'clock or something going on over there? Uh, it's coming up to nine in the morning, actually. UK time. Um, 
Anyway, I got a few. I got two, two more questions. No, three more questions. Out of the three prequels, which one was the uh, best? Which one's the worst? Oh, that's easy. Uh, the best was definitely Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, because uh, first of all, the story actually finally managed to coalesce into something uh, relatively coherent. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Hayden Christensen wasn't quite so constipated in this one. Uh, and the worst was Attack of the Clones. See, there we go. I was going to say, if you say Phantom Menace, I don't have a problem. Because Phantom Menace, for all its problems, had at least a Darth Maul fight scene in the end. It had some redeeming yeah. elements. Attack of the Clones has... Nothing. Nothing. There's really nothing. Zango Fett is in it, and that's somewhat cool. But that's it. It is... Yeah, it's, it's so bad. <laughs> it, ha- it has the worst dialogue, the worst characterization, it, the worst haircuts, by the way. Yep. yep. I, 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 I am so... I hate that film so much. I bet that I think Mace Windu had a worse haircut in, in Attack of the Clones than the other films. Um, oh, what was it? There's that uh, robot second uh, sketch from um, Anakin talking to Padme, like about the, that scene when he's like, I care deeply for you. I'm haunted by the kiss. And it's like, Anakin, we can't. That's why I dress like this. And he's just wearing those revealing outfits ever dancing along the wall. And it's like, I'm sorry, you don't wear, you don't kiss a guy, then reject a guy, say we can't do this, and then wear those skimpy outfits around him again. He's like, you clearly, you're still flirting with him after saying, no, we can't flirt. It's like, you, you're clearly just toying with him. I think, I think it's really just being uh, unsure and, and torn between what, between her duty and what she wants, which, which is understandable. I just think that both she and Anakin should have been honest about her from the beginning and, and tried to, uh, you know, said, screw politics. If, if we want to be together, we should be. Mm-hmm. And we should be careful about it. Yes. Um, I mean, the, the, the later scenes of Attack of the Clones or the original plan was to have her go to the uh, Separatists. And so her whole toying was Anakin saying, makes sense if she's going to try to just, you know, go bad. But then they decided, well, we need to find someone from the city, yes, and then have kids. So we got to not do that, I guess. Again, they, they saw something and they didn't commit to it. <laughs> okay, last two questions then. Lightsaber color. What's your, what, 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 what's your kind of lightsaber color? Green, blue, purple, red? red? I can red. that. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% driven by rage. <laughs> Uh, for, for me, I I probably go green every time I play any Star Wars game. It's green. Then I counsel a type in a Knights of the Republic. You know, this green lightsaber kind of person. I, mean, I even got on the self back there. Got a Luke Skywalker lightsaber up there. Mm. It hold on. There we go. <laughs> there we go. That's that's a great. That, that was definitely my number one as a kid as well. <laughs> Uh, I feel, like I feel like agreed like... with and then insulted like with the kid is like <laughs> uh. okay last last question if you could kill any character in the Star Wars prequels that would try to make the situations better you know like you're John Wilkes Booth you get to assassinate one character and try to save the save the Republic or save freedom who's that one person who fucked it up the most that they needed to get killed Oh wow, that's oh, there's so many potential answers. Yeah, I mean, one the there's the obvious one of killing Palpatine. 
but that doesn't actually solve the problem. Palpatine's not the disease, he's the symptom. Uh, you could kill uh, Darth Maul to try to save uh, to try to save Qui-Gon, because he'd probably have been a better master for Anakin. But Qui-Gon's philosophy has its own problems, because uh, Qui-Gon is too, uh, he has a real hard on for just uh, doing what the Force wants. Mm-hmm. And actually, I and actually, I think the prequels is just the force. The whole uh, Jedi versus Sith thing is just the force balancing itself out. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing balance and force. Two powerful Jedi, two powerful Sith. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, could uh, could kill Anakin, obviously, because he is the main tool. But Anakin is just a tool mm-hmm. for Palpatine, and he is initially an innocent. Uh, and you know, they actually had this whole debate about uh, the about the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, you, you can't morally trade lives. You, you can't kill even one innocent to save any number of other people. Um, could kill Windu just because he's a dick, but <laughs> that's probably gonna be my answer. <laughs> it's. Uh... There's there's so many possibilities. For me, I, I honestly I'm gonna go Padme. I think if you there's... remove Anakin's attachment to Padme and his ability to if he, if he loses the ability to lose so because he is not there, that kind of solves his whole that's one of the avenues where Palpatine corrupts him is now gone. And that can maybe divert a lot of as bad as him taking over is, the Jedi taking over also would have been bad. But I think there have been better yeah. areas of actually like a faster conflict resolution. With the Jedi being in swords, yeah, this is uh, that's definitely a good utilitarian answer. Yeah, I hate. But... I know. I know. I'm not very utilitarian. That's like the, only, the only time I'm utilitarian is in this kind of like hypothetical laying out a course of events. Who do you move? Kind of thing. That's the only time I play utilitarian. Yeah. Um, see. Uh, yeah, I, I understand the utilitarian argument, but. Yes, killing Padme would probably be the most efficient way to try to prevent further loss of life. But again, I can't yeah, trade can't. lives. Yeah, yeah, you can't trade lives. I agree with that. I'm not, but, a, I'm not utilitarian. But yeah, and, so and Star Wars were, definitely taking up Padme. Yeah, if I if I had to, you know, in that hypothetical, it would probably be taking out Padme. That would be the most useful. Um, in uh, you know, morally. I'd probably take out Palpatine. Mm. Again, he's not—he's uh, not the disease; he's the symptom. But he is clearly just the most evil character. So, mm. you know, yeah. karmically, karmically, pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Um, last question. Last question. Uh, have you ever heard? Have you ever heard a Wayne talk about the Attila and the Witch Doctor kind of thing? No. Okay, so. Uh, well, you're on book mentioning this, and he says you're from Wayne that uh, you always have an Attila and a Witch Doctor. You have the strong physical leader, you have the guy who provides the ideology. You have uh, Stalin, you have Marx and Lenin. Mm-hmm. You have um, Attila, you have his Witch Doctor. You Now you have the strong leader. And the Star Wars is kind of reversed. It's kind of mm-hmm. the, um, the Witch Doctor is Palpatine, the ideology, the political power, the philosophy, and the Attila is Darth Vader. Who's not yeah. the guy in swords, but he is the uh, so you have it really kind of a flip side. Normally, like in a normal situation, you have the Attila be the leader, while the witch doctor kind of plays the political game. Yeah, that's it's a, 
yeah, the whole creation of Darth Vader is fascinating because mm. Palpatine, see, he tells uh, Yoda, for example, Darth Vader will become more powerful than either of us, mm. um, which is interesting because he clearly wants a very strong enforcement arm of the Empire. Mm. At the same time, he wants to preserve his own power at whatever cost because Palpatine doesn't actually care, I don't think, about the rule of two. He only wants to have as much power as he can for as long as he can. I mean, and uh, rule of two, he created uh, Inquisitors, you know? Mm. That's uh, like six yeah. or something new cis people? Um, see, they, they dance around this uh, because, for example, there, then there's um, uh, Asajj Ventress. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, right. yeah, she, she's not a Sith. She's, she's an assassin, essentially. The Inquisitors, also technically just assassins. Mm. But, uh, but I think it's just Palpatine. In, you know, in universe, it's Palpatine dancing around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uses he only uses the whole rule of two thing to manipulate his apprentices. He doesn't actually care because he is a pure psychopath. Yep. Uh, yep. So, which also plays into uh, in the original trilogy. I think it's uh, explained in other material that uh, Darth Vader's suit is uh, built. Specifically, to be skin grafts on even his skin's constantly yeah. itchy. Yeah, he he is yeah. really just trying to fuck with some. Yeah, he really just like needs Anakin to not be independent, to not be uh, so, mentally stable. Like he really does this. Like Anakin's whole story is just sad as hell. Yeah. From slavery to uh, abused by the Jedi and just misled and ignored. And then when he finally gets him, when he cares about him, that guy who psychologically tortures him and gets him to be a cis lord. I mean, he goes from a young kid who's trying to be a Jedi to killing all the Jedi to being everything evil. Like he is, it's such a, it's such a sad story of this really powerful kid being corrupted by idealistic losers on both sides. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, I don't know. You might, uh, my. Uh, uh, who have you got on for the original trilogy? Uh, Sane Hazel. Uh, I think he's coming on. I have a, I have a list somewhere in my room, but I got, I don't have it up in front of me. Yeah, I, I don't. I think uh, Luke. For, uh, I think Luke is a better version of Anakin because, Definitely. yeah, right at the end of the, um, of Return of the Jedi, um, there. Um, the emperor is trying to get him to kill vader so it seems like there's a binary choice either commit to the jedi commit to the sith and luke says no i'm not <laughs> going to do that mm-hmm. fuck you guys that is one thing i hope is explored in the obi-wan kenobi tv show they're making obi-wan mm-hmm. kenobi really goes from being this terrible teacher who led to the creation of dark vader i mean directly his failure as a teacher led to dark vader oh, yeah. the emperor and everything and he goes and he trains Luke and he gets Luke on the right pass, you know? So, and he doesn't seem to be, uh, even as a force ghost, you know, he's not, um, he's not arrogant and terrible, you know? He's actually wise, it seems. So uh, somewhere along the line, he clearly learned from his mistakes and rejected some of the IT And I hope they kind of explore that because Qui-Gon's in was the same way and they claim Qui-Gon, they can't say Neeson is going to be a force ghost in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And if he is, I really hope he's like, here's why I said I failed. Here's why you need to trust the force. And like, I feel like Qui-Gon is in the purpose and really teach him the failures of the council. They should, they should explore that in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And I hope they do, because that'd be really, really fun. Yeah. 
the, the, the force, you know, just following the force is a whole nother issue though. Cause yeah. I think, uh, yeah. I, I, I honestly don't like Qui-Gon. I, th I think he's kind of, I think he kind of abdicates his own ability to, to reason and to think for himself in favor mm -hmm. of just obeying what he calls the living force. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it's obviously helpful to be attuned to it, but kind of gets him killed. Yeah, no, I, I'm conflicted on this because on one hand, I think you're right. Quite a, quite a my favorite characters. I think he, his, his not being on the Jedi Council, despite like, it's like no one that get orders and do whatever he wants. Like, you know that song, uh, The American Pie Parody by, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Red Al, you know, he did that parody of American Pie, you know? No. Uh, you got to check it out. So Red Al is a parody single. He did a parody of American Pie uh, by Anakin Skywalker. And it's awesome. And one of the lines is a uh, Qui-Gon told Yoda to get sick in his pointy ears. I'm still going to train the boy. Um, which is why I really like Qui-Gon's character. The rejection of like, still being in there, but rejecting all the control and authority and being independent more mm -hmm. or less. But I think you yeah. are right. He does deny his own ability to reason when he just when he just kind of follows the force along, you know? It's like there's, there's a big problem with some Christians. Um, I don't know how to... I don't, know how, I don't have a temple yet, but a lot of really... A lot of Christians... They have no epistemology. They have no way of determining truth claims. They simply let the Holy Spirit guide them. And as somebody who's Catholic, it's like, no, you need like, Thomas Aquinas, natural reasoning, and you need to have faith. You got to have both. And the Qui-Gon is too far on one end of that. Is it order than he has over that? You know, mm -hmm. there really should be someone in the middle who does both. Well, I think Ahsoka in the Clone Wars, becoming a great Jedi type, really does. So he's, he's, he's the only success of the Jedi Council, in my opinion, is Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. Like, see... Yeah. She actually learned the lesson that needed to be learned, and ignored the ones that needed to be learned, and became a good person and does good out of it. Like, see, yeah. she's the only success rate. Mm -hmm. I think, actually, I, I think the I'm more with the Sith than the Jedi on this one mm -hmm. because the see the Jedi are just playing their own political game. Uh, Qui Gon specifically follows the will of the Force, but the the Sith use the Force as a tool. Mm -hmm they uh, you know they try to master it which i think is the the best option the sith see the sith are evil it's it's undeniable but they actually think for themselves mm. it's it, it's it's better to be an arsehole because of your own beliefs than than to just accept dogma yeah now if if, if only the sith had read rand <laughs> i i actually full agreement on this <laughs> But that makes it another question, actually. If you could recommend one book to uh, the Jedi and the Siths to read and adapt into their philosophy, what book would you recommend the Jedi read? What book would you recommend the Siths read? Oh. For me, I, I clearly want the, I want the Siths and both. I want the most to read the Fountainhead. Mm. I think that's my go-to book for both of them. See, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a reading the fountainhead right now and i think that that would give them a very strong foundation in ideology mm. um but i think to the jedi in the prequels especially i might recommend atlas shrugged instead because mm. of its clear explanation of the uh, of the political side mm. and and i think that then they might actually be able to prevent themselves from going on the course that they did with the republic Meanwhile, the Sith might decide not to be assholes to everyone. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you, you, you've seen people who read Rand. They're either really nice or really mean. 
They get mm-hmm. they, they yeah. that is the problem with brand is they see people read her and they think, oh, I'm Howard Walk. I can be an asshole to people because I'm the best. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. you're not Howard Walk. You're not Ayn Rand. You're a, a midwit at best. Um, and that would be a downside with some reading Rand. But I think yeah, I think Rand. I think honestly, I think everyone should read Rand though. Like I'm uber Catholic and I want all my Catholic friends to read Rand. Like I think mm-hmm. everyone should read. I think there's enough there in Rand. Like. Um, you know, Rand says again, before you can love someone, before you can say I love you, you have to say the I. You know, yeah. you have to like, you, you oh, have to love uh, yourself first. Right. Yeah, it's great. Um, Trent Horn, who's a Catholic apologist, brought it up and was like, Jesus says the same thing: love thy neighbor as yourself. You have to love yourself before you love your neighbor. And so, yeah, like they like both. I think there's a lot there you can really combine with Rand and religion and see what hate it. <laughs> see what absolutely yeah. hate it. I like that, but uh, see, hate me and Zinwal. I mean, long hair. Anarchist, Catholic, see, see, absolutely mm-hmm. hate that I read her works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking a uh, collectivism versus, you know, love thy neighbor as you love thyself. Mm-hmm. Now combine that with just pure collectivism, where you're supposed to love everyone else above yourself. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really mesh, does it? No. You, you cannot properly, you, you cannot properly love anyone else if you do not love yourself. Exactly. You, the, have to, you have to have some metric for love. And you have to be able to love yourself before you love other people. The, the standard has to be human life. Mm-hmm. If, not, if you do not accept human life as your standard by your own reasoning, there's, you know, everything just falls apart around that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. This mm-hmm. is the uh, Gold Guy. Where can people find you? They keep hearing some of your base takes and your fantastic twiddle. Uh, for one, Twitter. Uh, Shouting myself out in the first one, trying to again randomly generated uh, tag sets so at Gold Guy, all lowercase, o four o seven five nine one two. And follow the people I follow; they're based as well. You'll see. And on. follow Caleb; he's, <laughs> he's based. Do it. Thank you. <laughs> Do it. That will be definitely when I post this. I'm going to put go subscribe, and I'm going to put that ziff. That's definitely mm-hmm. going to happen. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. This has been the Catholic Libertarian with Gold Guy talking about Star Wars. Everyone, may the force be with you.